Welcome to the Mr. Vincent Podcast, episode 95. I'm your host, Emmanuel Vincent. I hope everybody's uh, weekend's off to a good start so far. Uh, Yeah, this is a special Saturday edition of the Mr. Vincent Podcast, as this podcast is for wrestling fans, because tonight it kicks off WrestleMania, the most star-studded two-night event, um, the biggest WrestleMania ever, all those superlatives, yep. WrestleMania is here. Um, so we um, yesterday I talked to the homie for the part, um, discussed a few matches on the card, uh, including Belair versus Lynch, Charlotte versus Rousey, and of course Brock Reigns. Uh, also talked about um, Undertaker's induction into the Hall of Fame, which last night was incredible. I think the best Hall of Fame speech I've seen so far in the WWE. Uh, so we talked about that uh, before it actually happened. And also Triple H announcing his retirement. Um, also, we did record um, um, talking about uh, Scott Hall's passing. I never posted that because it was so short. It was like, what, 30 minutes? So I didn't want to put that out as a full podcast. Um, so I had that sitting in the um, sitting in the vault. So uh, that will be at the end of this pod as a bonus. Uh, so a lot of good content here, wrestling fans. Uh, make sure y'all tune in. Matter of fact, here it is. The biggest, most stupendous two-night WrestleMania ever is this weekend, WrestleMania 38. It's only the second two-night WrestleMania. See, I hate when, people, I hate when they do this. Anybody in general, like, I know you want to hype up your product and, you know, pop up your biggest event, but it's only the second two-night WrestleMania, so you're not, not saying much by saying it's the biggest, most stupendous WrestleMania two-night ever. Yeah, like, the, the adjective that they chose to market mm-hmm. WrestleMania stupendous is, like, nobody under 75 uses that word, so <laughs> definitely that has, like, this is prints all over it um the two night the two night format is cool because like you know the company right now is so bloated with talent um they got basically four different um divisions and the two nights allows uh different people to shine but as a fan it is a lot to watch like eight plus hours in one weekend oh no listen i'm all with the two nights because like before the like the second like starting from the second to last um, WrestleMania before the two night event, and then the, and then the following year I'm like like this is crazy seven hours like I can't do this I can't watch this all in one night like I couldn't imagine being one of the fans in attendance like they got to be like winded right now by like hour number six it's going to like seven hours so I think it was the right move to do um, initially um, due to COVID or whatever to make it a two night but I think going forward they should keep it just like this because like I said the talent is just too much talent on the roster. To, to just focus on one night. And, um, I mean, I give, I give WWE credit for balancing out the two nights pretty well. You know, it's like um, there are main event quality matches on both cards. Um, so if for whatever reason someone didn't want to watch Saturday, you know, Sunday night would be kind of comparable. Um, but it's I like it. I like the change a lot. Um, it's interesting that they're going to be in, in Dallas, and um, I'm not sure if if they sold out yet. I haven't really heard reports about that. 
Yeah, me neither. I didn't hear anything. I, I mean, I would imagine there'll be some some seats available still. Right, right. I don't think so. And especially with, with a two night format, I would think that's the case. Now, I, I I wonder. I never looked into this. Now, I'm guessing you can possibly like the tickets are probably still comparable in terms of prices as they would be prior to uh the two night event. But I'm guessing that they could offer people a package for both nights. I mean, that that would only make sense. Yeah, I think like so. A couple of years ago, I was like very close to going to WrestleMania. Uh, I think it was, yeah. I, I regret not going, but um, what I was looking into was getting the package where it's you get to go to the, the NXT like takeover show and like both WrestleManias and then also the Raw after WrestleMania, and that's like maybe it's like four grand or something like that. Um, Yikes! Yeah, but if you look at the value, I suppose it's worth it, like because they're not included like hotels and shit like that, but. Um. Yeah, I'm, I think WWE has like different tiered packages for for their tickets. So wait, so the so it is true. I always heard that with WrestleMania, you have to buy like a package. You can't just buy the ticket. Is that correct? Uh, I mean, I think that there may be single tickets that are available, but a lot of so you know people from all over the world will come to Mania, so they'll they'll get tickets to the WWE shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also like indie shows that'll happen WrestleMania weekend that people will go to as well. Um, so it's like, it's like a, uh, like a fan fest for that weekend. Um, so I think most people that are there are going to want to go to both nights and, and the raw after mania. Yo, you know what actually I learned this weekend that I had no idea of when I met uh, Bret Hart at the, the signing. So a guy, the guy that like that works at the promotion company that brings them out, that got Brett to come out there, he was telling me about WrestleCon. Never heard of that before. Never knew about it. You know about that? That sounds familiar. So basically, it's every it's it's the week of WrestleMania in whatever city WrestleMania in. It's in it's in that city. So they're in Dallas right now. So you got wrestlers from like past, even present too, because I saw some posts right now on IG. Um, AEW wrestlers out there. Like I think Jade Cargo's out there. Um, what's the girl's name? That's the that's that's a dentist. And oh my goodness, is it Britt Baker? Britt Baker, yeah. Yeah, she's out there. So a lot of people are out there. It's like Comic Con for wrestling. So you can go out there, meet wrestlers, buy buy wrestling apparel, um, and then um, also uh, get photos and autographs and everything. So I'm like, wow, that's kind of that's kind of cool. I got to look into that. I haven't looked into it yet, but that might be something I can do in the future. Definitely. In the near future. I want to do Mania one day. That's my goal. I got to go to WrestleMania. If I got to spend a lot of money, I'm going to do it one day. Just say I, just say I, I did it. Yeah, definitely. So you, so you say that this event, right, this WrestleMania you think has a lot of um, high-quality matches um, that, are like, that could be made events. Me, my personally, I'm looking at the card, and I'm kind of um, – I think it's kind of un- underwhelming for me. Because mm-hmm. honestly, it's like two or three matches I really care about that I, I, I have to see. That okay. that two or three matches that would make me stay home. I'm gonna try to I'm trying to I'm gonna try to guess what the matches are. So is one Edge versus AJ? Actually, you know what? I'm sorry, four matches. That was not okay. one of them. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I forgot about that. Uh so Brock versus Roman, I'm guessing. Yeah, gotta be Brock versus Roman. Uh I mean looking at this card. The, the Seth Rollins thing. Have you have you been following what's going on with that? 
I seen that he is gonna. He still has it. Wait, so he's looking at. I think Vince um, said he's gonna get him an opponent at Mania on Monday Night Raw, but he hasn't. We haven't found out who that is, right? So uh, they they did a segment on Raw, and it was like Seth Rollins going to WWE headquarters, and uh, he just has this really bizarre character right now. Like he's doing like <laughs> he's doing like uh, Joker cosplay, basically. Mm. Uh, so he goes into Vince's office, and um, so Vince said that he's gonna announce his opponent at Mania while Seth's in the ring. Oh, wow. So the rumor has been for months that it's Cody Rhodes. Um, you know, Cody Rhodes was the VP of AEW. He was there uh, from the very beginning. And I guess over the last couple of years, his influence in the booking has uh, taken a step back. And the owner, Tony Khan, has taken more of a, um, a more of a role as the main booker. And also, they could not come to contractual agreement. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Cody um, is with the WWE now, but the WWE has, like, like during the show, they've teased. Over the last couple of Raws, they've teased that Cody was going to be there, you know, and almost kind of, like, baiting people to watch. You know, like, I don't, I don't, I watch Raw, but I have a really hard time getting through, like, the second hour. So over the last couple of weeks, I'm watching Rock because they're kind of teasing, like, is Cody going to be there? Is he going to, like, call out Seth Rollins? Like, it was just, and then the show would just end and nothing would happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, they, they've really kept it under wraps. Uh, if Cody, Cody's even going to be there. Yeah, so I knew about him leaving AEW and him signing with WWE, but I didn't know the whole backstory that you just, um, dropped on me, on me right there so i appreciate that um yeah i mean i mean i guess that's cool we'll kind of stick it to the you know up and coming um up and coming competition that a that's AEW to have an ex AEW talent and who's a, a booker there come to mania um yeah. as a surprise so I, I guess that's kind of cool but i would think that it would be somebody who was even like bigger well somebody who was bigger within their wwe stint on the on the on the card on the in the wrestling roster but I don't know who could, who that could be. So I think I think that's a probably um a good choice right there. That it, that it would be um Rhodes. I mean, I think stylistically, like Seth Rollins versus Cody Rhodes would be like a really dope match. Like no, nah, no, no, it definitely would. That is true. No denying that. But I, I it'll be interesting to see the route that they go with Cody because you know the way that the way that he was presented at AEW was like the main totally guy. different. Yeah. And, that, and that's my thing. That's what I was saying because he was he was pushed as a, as a as a main like upper card like a um, top spot guy at AEW, but he was nowhere near that in WWE. Yeah. So I'm thinking like if you're gonna bring somebody to Mania as a surprise, wouldn't it be somebody that that was with the company? Wouldn't that be somebody who was a main like a close to a, a at least a main a, at least close to or if not a main card guy in um, WWE, which Cody wasn't. But again, like it, it makes it it, it it makes sense if you look at it from the aspect of him of them sticking it to AEW, then it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> and Vince Vince is a very vindictive person. It's just, I I think that they're they're banking on the audience understanding that Cody is a big deal, that he was a big deal in a, in another 
federation. So, um, like, and you know, after Cody left WWE, he did New Japan. He was like in Ring of Honor. He like was building his name over the last couple of years. And I, I think WWE is, you know, I think Cody's a star. I think he's a big star. Whether or not they book him to be a star and uh, uh, put him put him up against some of the upper echelon in, in WWE, like I, I think that's remain, that remains to be seen. Yeah, I mean, it was, it, it'll be interesting to see like how they would use him. Like, would they just like work off his career in AEW where he shined and just like have him like have him have him start from there when he's back officially on on TV and uh. Yeah, so that would be interesting to see. I mean, I, that's funny. I didn't even think about. I didn't even think about. I forgot. See, that's how out of touch I am. I forgot about AJ Styles and Edge fighting. That could be. That could be going out as a classic WrestleMania match potentially. Is it? Is it a, you know, a regular uh, match? Um, count out all that, or is it like no disqualification to your knowledge? Of? Um. So as of now, it's just a regular straight up match. Um. Mm-hmm. They started. They started building the feud a few weeks ago. Um. Edge actually turned heel on AJ Styles. Yeah, I remember. With, I remember seeing the chair shot um, when he was like face down on the chair. And yeah, hit him with the head of the chair. Yeah, but so, I haven't. But I haven't seen anything that happened since then, like in, within the storyline, how it developed. I mean, so basically, like uh, Edge, Edge got like new theme music. He changed his appearance. Like he's wearing like suits now. Like he's totally went like fully heel and. Um, AJ did return last week on Raw. Uh, actually, so uh, AJ fought Seth uh, in the main event, and then Edge hit hit AJ with a chair. Um, oh. Okay. <laughs> so, but, I mean, I think it's going to be – I mean, these are two guys, like, have, like, really long story careers. Um, their first time ever facing off, and – you know, it's going to be the greatest stage of them all. So, wait, is this really their first time facing off? Like, not even like house shows. Not even house shows. No. Really? No. Not, I don't even think they they faced off in tag team matches. What the hell? That's crazy. I mean, we all know Edge is from the Attitude Era, but a lot of people forget too that AJ Styles was wrestling on Nitro, but yep. of course he he wasn't getting pushed at all because they were just yep. focused on the Hogan's, the Flairs. And all that, but yeah, Edge was on Nitro like a ninety. I'm not Edge. AJ was on Nitro back in like '99, I would say 2000. Yeah. Yeah. Personally, I like AJ a lot. I wish he was. Um, I wish he got more opportunities in the champ at the in the championship picture than than he has so far in his um WWE stint. I like him a lot, but that's just me. I always felt like him. A dream match. One of my dream matches right now. So probably from the past and today would be AJ versus HBK. That would be a crazy match to me. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. There were, there were rumors of that happening a few years ago. Like, there was, there was this, like, really famous uh, Photoshop job of, like, AJ and Sean at the Royal Rumble. Um, like, the, the promo uh, poster. But, yeah, I mean, that would be great. That would just be athleticism, like, you know, Sean in his prime versus AJ. Wait, do you still play video games? Yeah, I do. Do you have the, the new WWE game? Uh, listen, so the reason... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just the reason I'm, you can make the match right there. <laughs> totally, totally. So, like, the reason I haven't bought it is because, like, I know that if I buy it, like, 
that's gonna take a chunk into my time. Like, <laughs> like put it in work on it. Cause if they have like the GM mode, and it's basically like an updated version of SmackDown versus Raw. Like, you got the rosters, you got like a certain amount of money that you can spend. Like, and in this one, they have like different kinds of bonuses and like variables. Like, when you book the shows, like, it's pretty dope. It's pretty dope. And I've seen a lot of like the community members, like their creations, like, wow, dude, amazing. Amazing. Yeah, I, I see some screenshots of people like creative wrestlers, like, looks dope. So I've, I've seen some good reviews on the new game so far. I mean, I haven't played video games in, like, since 2018, not by choice. I mean, I just I just don't do it. Like, I, I'm not against it. I would do it. Um, but I just haven't, like, done it in a while. And I want to do a generation console, but at retail price, and everybody's bugging out here for these resale prices. Like, come on. Like, I shouldn't have to pay extra money to get a PS5 or oh. the newest Xbox. Like, that's crazy yeah. to me. But... It is what it is, but yeah, I, I, and I heard that game is like probably one of the best wrestling video games in a long time. Yeah, I mean, like, like two K twenty was like one of the worst games of all time. So a lot of people said that too. I've seen. But two K, they they wisely they took a year off to just sort of like overhaul the engine, um, like work on the graphics. Uh, so, I mean, from what I've seen, it's like really great. It's great. I mean, yeah. I seen I see comparisons of wrestlers in the last game to this one, and it's like night and day. Yeah, I'm like, oh, that's that's crazy. How much changed in like in that in like a year or or two years, basically? How much the graphics changed? Um, yeah. Um, so a match I wanted to talk to you about one of them, right? Uh, I'll start off with Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch. Right. I'm a big hey. I'm a big time Bianca. Um, a big time Belair fan. I think that's. I feel like for a women wrestler, I've never seen a woman's wrestler with her combination of speed, strength, and agility. Do you agree with that? Or is that, is that anybody I'm, like, not thinking of when I say that? You know what? Like, I, I cannot think of a comparison to Bianca Belair. Like, she's very special. Like, Really? Yeah. Her athletic ability... Um, as far as that combination of speed and strength in the women's division... I can't really, I can't really think. Like, you know, like, China had the strength. Yeah, like, she had the strength, but she wasn't as quick wasn't as quick. Bianca Belair. Yeah, she couldn't really work like Bianca Belair. Like, you know, Trish Stratus was very, like, she had a lot of agility and she was a good worker, but it's like Bianca has all of those intangibles. And she's, like, she's very marketable, you know, like, oh. for young girls, like, um, you know, whether they're, they're, uh, of color or not, like, she's a very, very, like, uh, positive role model for WWE. Um, and, you know, like, she needs to work on her mic skills, I think, like, her promo. Yeah, a little bit, I would say. Or she just, I polish it. Yeah. Like, so I, I, I think, yeah. oh, I'm sorry, continue on. I, I would like to see her be, like, more raw with her promos, like, more because a lot of times it's like when she's talking it's like it's like hard to really believe that she believes in what she's saying mm. but i think yeah i think that she she gets more seasoning you know she's been around for a few more years so she'll get it down but um yeah her promos just they don't do it for me they just don't 
Yeah, I'm not crazy. I'm not. I'm not that crazy of a promos, but I, I like what you said. Like, I felt like if you had to take the top five biggest wrestlers or the faces of the WWE today, she got to be one of the faces. I, w- I would put it with like a Roman, a Lynch, her. Yep. Um, who else would be a top five? Brock person and Brock. I, I, yeah, he's part time though. I hate yeah. putting him in there because he's part time. But yeah, <laughs> I guess so. But yeah, so she's all oh, right. So now take it from me. I'm the biggest Bianca Belair fan. So I was pretty pissed off with the way. WWE did her. I tried to Kofi oh, Kingston here on SummerSlam. Oh, yeah. yeah. I could come back and beat her in 26 seconds. But then there were reports that came out. I didn't read the report. I saw the headline. They said that Dwight, they took that they took that angle because to build up Bianca Belair in the future. So I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, let's see how this works. Well, since then, she went on to win the, the Survivor Series. She was a sole survivor in the classic mm-hmm. Survivor Series matchup. She went on again to have a um, a great run in the, wrestle, in the Royal Rumble again for like the third straight year. Um, and then she won the Olympics statement, which was got her this opportunity to face Becky Lynch. So I'm like, okay, so I think that they are kind of uh, upholding their um, what they said in that report. Now, I think she's gonna win. I have a feeling that she's gonna beat Becky um, on Saturday. If I, if I, oh, sorry, so tomorrow she's gonna beat her, and because I, I think that Becky's probably gonna be visiting to take a hiatus due to the fact that she got a kid. That's my prediction. Uh, actually, I actually think the opposite. I think Becky's gonna retain. Really? Yeah. yeah. And then I think down the line you might get Becky versus Ronda Rousey, like, and they might do a unification title match. I think like, so I I'm, I am really glad that WWE actually followed through with the storyline because yeah, initially that that SummerSlam shit was like really upsetting because. <laughs> You know, like, everyone's excited. We think we're going to get, like, a classic with uh, Bianca and Becky. And then it's just, what was it? It was like a roll-up or something. Like, it was just, like, one move. And, um... Yeah, her finisher. What up? I, I, I don't know the name of it off the top of my head. Her finisher. Yeah. But, it's like, I, uh, Bianca needed that title run to be longer and to, like, establish her. And... Like, where Becky is right now, like, in her career, it's like, she doesn't necessarily need the title. Like, she's over. Um, and I think they could have found, they could have found a way to make the feud without putting Bianca in a position where she's, like, she's chasing the championship. Because she was a good champion. You know? Um, yeah. I agree. Oh... Uh, I, I think their match is going to be really great. Oh, like, I think it's going to be a classic. Yeah. I'm going just just like last year with her and Sasha Banks. I'm predicting another classic in consecutive years of Bianca Belair. Yeah, I mean Bianca Belair, she's she's definitely a star, and um, I mean if you look at the history of NXT call-ups, you know, especially like recent call-ups, like she's one of the few exceptions that like. They brought her up to the main roster with her character intact, with the EST. Like, I, I, I saw I saw a clip of her in um, NXT, and the characters like looked the same to me. Yeah, so I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah, it's the same, and and that character has translated so well on the main roster, and um, and I'm glad they didn't alter anything too much. Um, basically the same the same character, and um. I'm I'm excited to see like how she's gonna grow in the future, and like 
WWE, their women's division is is it's pretty stacked. Pretty. Stacked. I tell I tell people I prefer I, I prefer the women's division over the men's right now, in in this current um era of WWE. I think the women's division is better, top to bottom. I agree. I agree with that. And 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 I'm including like your personality and your mic skills and all that. The way that you come off, I think that they're, I think that they're, they're far better than the men's division overall. Um, so, okay, so you might be right, you might be right that Baker could win, only because how, how their feud, how the storyline played out heading into Mania, with, you know, um, Becky trying to sneak attack her, watches in the ring, um, try to cut it, try to cut off the, um, try to cut off the ponytail, but then she blocked it, gave it the, um, KOD, mm-hmm. a couple of KOD, and then started cutting the hair, I'm like, uh, that's kind of weird, so I'm like, is she really a good one, because I usually think that, like, when you think someone's going to win at Mania, that person gets the upper hand going in. Go home, so yeah, yeah. I think I think somebody like on Squared Circle, like made oh, like. Oh, she, oh like, I'm sorry. Usually, the person that wins at Mania doesn't. Wait, I'm I'm, I'm confusing myself right now. So hard for me to explain. I understand what you're saying. It's like usually the person who wins at Mania is like on the the losing end on the Go Home Show. It was like you know. Yes. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think I think if someone did some research, they would they would probably figure that out. Um, but so, how do you feel about so? There's a there's like a celebrity kind of influence. Maybe maybe I'm using the term celebrity loosely, but there are a couple of like celebrity matches during the. Oh, talking. Wait, time on. Is is thing fighting again? Wait, thing is thing fighting. Hold on. The dude from um, from Jackass back in the day. Johnny Knoxville, yeah. Johnny He's fighting? He's going to fight Sammy Zayn at WrestleMania. Oh, oh Lord. <laughs> but I've seen, I seen um, is it Jake Paul is going to be in the match too? Uh, his brother, Logan Paul. Lo- it's Logan, I'm bugging. Logan yeah. Paul. So who was he fighting against? Uh, so he's going to, he's tagging up with the Miz against the Mysterios. Hmm. Um, it still it still blows my mind that like Dominic is in WWE. Yeah, I, I, that's crazy. When when somebody I never forget the meme when somebody posted no wait not the meme when they um when they posted a picture of him and Rey Mysterio winning the titles the first father and son duel somebody said on Twitter wait a minute you talking about is that Dominic from the custody match I'm like custody ladder match Eddie Guerrero I'm like that's crazy because <laughs> that crazy I was I stopped watching wrestling around that time. So I didn't. I wasn't following that that feud, but then I went back and looked at it. I'm like, that's crazy. Dominic's in wrestling. <laughs> He's wrestling yeah. now. That's crazy. It, it was an uncomfortable storyline. So oh, that, that would apply today. No way. Yeah. No way. <laughs> that's not flying today. No, no way. way. Not in 2022. But so um, the whole time I wasn't sure that was actually his son until I saw went back to watch that. I'm like, oh, that really is his real son. I yeah. thought I didn't know it really his real son. That's crazy. Yeah, he's pretty good. Like, uh, uh, he's gonna need more time to like fully become well rounded, but mm-hmm. um, he's he is really good, and it, it's it's so cool to see like Ray and his son team up. And Ray looks like he he still looks the same basically as he did like twenty years ago. He can still he can still go. Like, it's pretty amazing. And actually, you know, like the Ray Mysterio, um, the two K showcase and. and uh, 2K22 is like based on his career. It's even even in WCW career. 
Yep, yep. So they have a they have a part where you you fight Eddie Guerrero like in Halloween. Halloween Havoc, yep. classic. Yep. Wow, that's crazy. Hey, now now you you got about a good point. He that he's still wrestling like he did twenty years ago. Isn't it crazy like how like wrestlers nowadays can careers can be prolonged? Like for example, twenty years ago you wouldn't see somebody Sting's age still wrestling oh. right now, or even I seen Billy Gunn fighting in AEW like a oh. month ago. I was like, whoa, well, Billy Gunn fight? How old is he? I had the um, Wikipedia that. 58 years old. I'm like, that's crazy. How is he still fighting right now? This is, he got even got you guys like in the upper mid to early, late 40s, like Edge. I believe Edge is thousand in that same age range, too. It's just like, like it's kind of like with sports. It's kind of like with sports, like traditional or quote unquote real sports. Yeah. You know, like guys like, like a Brady or LeBron. Or LeBron. Because yeah. like, like medicine has gotten way better over the years. There's more emphasis on nutrition. And just there's so, so much more research out there to help like prolong your performance, whether it's in the ring or on the field or on the basketball court. But it's just crazy to think about that. It is. Like, it's, it's such a change. Like you know, like the way that wrestlers looked twenty years ago. Like you know, like Bam Bam Bigelow is like looks like he smokes a pack a day or something. And, and uh, now it's like yeah, the, the wrestlers they keep themselves in great shape, and it's cool because like. Because of that, we get to have these like really interesting matchups, like three matchups. Because you know the the part timers are still they can still go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's beautiful to see, man. If you're a wrestling fan, like seeing all your wrestlers like age gracefully in the ring, is great. Right. Um. So I'm I'm guessing that you're not excited about Ronda Rousey versus uh, Charlotte Flair. Uh, I mean, I, I'm tired of. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm tired of seeing them interact at all. And this feud has just for me it's just been very tepid. Um I think both of them are really bad for promos. Um Yeah, I was, I was gonna ask you, if you if you're if you're critical of Bianca Belair's mic skills, you gotta be really critical of Ronda Rossi and the <laughs> <laughs> I am saying can't talk. She can't talk, and um, I mean, I think she's very good in ring, and she picked, she picked up the wrestling business like very quickly. Wait, wait, uh, you think she, you think she's really good in the ring? I, I think okay, so I think her map based style is interesting, and it's like different enough from the other women on the in the division. I think I think it's good that she's back. Um, it's good for the WWE. Like, there aren't any sheep fighters, uh, really in the, in the women's division. Um, you know, the same way, like, the men, they have Brock, they have, like, to, to a certain extent, Bobby Lashley, like, like, guys that have credibility, and, like, the women's division doesn't necessarily have that. Just, just really Ronda and Shayna Baszler. And uh, Shayna Baszler, too, and, like, unfortunately, they don't even use Shayna Baszler that well. Yeah, exactly, like, that's crazy, like, I always think to myself, why is she, like, being treated like she's, like, a jobber, basically, kind of, in a sense, compared to what she, well, uh, compared to what she should be treated as. I think right. they could do so much, so much more with her. Right. But but they choose not to. It's crazy. I mean, honestly, I think, I think, I think Vince is very superficial, and I think, like, he looks at the looks, especially with the women. He looks at their looks, and that's basically how he's going to determine how they get fucked. Like, 
So you're not those. Mental. That's not, that's not, that's well, not yeah, mental. that's true. That's true. Like, um, you know, like he, he, um, he likes the bodybuilding types and stuff like that. But I think if there was a male shoot fighter, like they would be getting promoted, like, um, like they are now. Like, <laughs> if you look at Riddle, uh, oh god, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you don't have to look at it all, but just as an example. Yeah, not much to me. Um, but yeah, you said, so. Wait, you you don't you hate? But you said you get critical of things promos too. Charlotte Flair. I think she's not that bad on the mic. She's done a lot better, but sometimes she'll do that like awkward, sarcastic uh, tone and like it, it, just kind of like Bianca. It's like it's hard to believe that she truly believes what she's saying. Um, I I think she's incredible in the ring. Oh, absolutely! Uh, no, you can argue she's probably the best "quote unquote" wrestler in the women's division. That that's a strong argument. You can make a strong case for her, just from a stylistic standpoint and a te- technical stylistic standpoint. She's up there. I, I like her a lot in the ring. Yeah, she's the kind of like she's the kind of wrestler that you can put in there with anybody like you can put her in there with someone who's green and she's gonna make them look good yep you know and she can charlotte can take losses and not necessarily be affected by it you know she's like kind of on that level but i i just feel like this particular match like for me it has no heat i'm not interested we saw we kind of saw a, a variation of this match when um they had triple that yeah the triple that a few years ago Yep. But that was interesting because Becky was involved. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think, I think, um, all right, WWE has a lot of talent with the women, mm-hmm. but as far as the main event talent that they push is very limited. You know, it's maybe four, four women on the roster that are, are continually uh, competing for the championship. And You're else. absolutely right. And I'll tell you what that is. That's, that is um, Becky. That is Bianca. That is Charlotte. I'm not going to include Ronald because she just came back and then yeah. Sasha, Sasha Banks. Yeah. And maybe when she comes back, you can put Bailey in that conversation. I hear reports she's going to come back soon. I hope I see, so. I see the headlines. Yeah, maybe after Rock Mania, perhaps. Like, I think she's ready to go. Yeah. So four, maybe five, you could say. But yeah, you're right. They are very limited when it comes to like, like main cards in the women's division. So it's like that, those four or five. Yeah, it's like a rotation of them. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> yeah. So honestly, I, I feel like the main event really should be Becky and Belair. But you know, when Ronda came back, we knew she, when she came out at the Royal Rumble. I'm like, yep, here we go. She's gonna win. Yeah. And then I'm thinking to myself, who's she gonna be? Is she gonna go against Becky? I'm like, nah, probably not. And then when she started came to SmackDown, oh yeah, she's going after Charlotte. So. But because I always thought that Becky was gonna fight Bianca Belair at WrestleMania, just for the simple fact of the report I was talking about earlier. So I'm like, okay, they're probably gonna fight at Mania. Um, and I, I thought some way Liv Morgan would be involved in that, kind of like a, maybe a possible triple threat with them three. But I guess it's just Bianca and Becky, which I don't think is a bad thing. I, I like I like I like Liv Morgan too. I, I think she needs more. Well, she she had a chance. She had, she had a she got a um her uh spot in this in a um 
in the sun or whatever the, um, recently when she was feeding with Becky around. Was it Survivor Series they fought? Uh, no, it was, no, no it, was before, it was before Survivor Series. I forget the pay-per-view. No, wait, they fought day one. Day one, yeah. And, and it was a great match. It was a great match. It was a great match. And I, I actually, I thought that Liv Morgan would be getting more of a push after that. After that. Because you know? I, I, I was like, yo, she's actually a really good wrestler. I, I, was, I was sleeping on her. I'm like, she's good. Oh, yeah. I, I like things, too. I like Rhea Ripley. I, I wish yeah. she was in the, in the championship picture more. Yeah. I mean, like, now they're in a tag team together. And, nah, you know. I'm not, I'm not, I hate that. Wait, I'm, oh, hold on. Thank you for bringing that up. So I'm pretty confused about this matchup. So it's it's a women's tag team matches, right? But you yeah. got women in SmackDown and on Raw. You know what? I I think yup, and it doesn't make any sense. And I think yeah. sometimes WWE sort of just picks and chooses like like <laughs> we want to enforce the brand split when it matters. Because yeah, the other day it was like um, Natalia and Shayna Baszler were on Raw, and I, I think they're just like. I think they're SmackDown superstars or something like, and the commentary just sort of in passing was like, yeah, by the way, like Natalia and Shane are here from, from SmackDown. Like it just, I don't get it, but I guess there's only, they only have one tag team championship in WWE, I think. So wait a minute, you said there's only one, there's the, one, women's ta- one, one women's tag team title. There's not a raw women's tag team title and a SmackDown women's title. Oh, there's only one. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I blew my mind because I thought that there was two for each brand. <laughs> okay, yeah. that makes, that, now that kind of yeah. makes more sense now. <laughs> but still, the, the the cross branding on WrestleMania is kind of weird. It's four. They don't really do that. Yeah. Um, oh, how do you feel about um the Street Profits? The Street Profits? Yeah. Oh, wait, are, are they on the Mania card or no? Yeah, so actually they're in um triple threat match for the Raw Tag Team Championship versus Alpha Academy and um, RK Bro. Okay, I like the street partners. Of Mon- is that Montez or Montrez? I'm bugging. Uh, Montez. 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 He's a great athlete too. Yeah, he is. Like, I feel like he should get a, he should get a push in the single division eventually. But the street partners are cool. I'm not I'm not crazy about them. Um, they don't like pop out to me. But the gimmick from the gimmick standpoint. Um, and the other dude I don't know his name. Who's taxi partner? I always, I always forget his name. Uh, Angelo Dawkins. Okay. Yeah, he's okay. Not bad. Well, are, are you are you big on them? I mean, I, I just, I appreciate, like, any good talent from the new generation, because there really isn't a lot. Um, but, yeah, I think they're good. I think that, like, they're, they're another act um, that from NXT that came to the main roster and, like, barely anything was changed. Um, I, liked, I like tag teams where you have, like, the high flyer, and then you also have the bruiser that comes in for the hot tag. I love that. You know? Yeah, I love that. I think they do a really good job with that. Um, so, who would you compare throughout the history of wrestling? You're, you're, you following wrestling. Who would you compare Dawkins to, like, stylistically? Is there anybody you would compare him to? In a tag team? Uh, no, no, not necessarily in a tag team. They could be in, no. in singles competition. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to be too on the nose. Like, do you know Brown? I don't know. Like, yeah, that's crazy. I was going to say, that's, 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 he reminds me of D'Lo Brown. Yeah. He definitely reminds me of D'Lo. Yeah. <laughs> he got that D'Lo swag, though, you know? Yeah, uh, he, yeah no, he does. That's funny. Yeah, so. Okay. So, that's, but uh, isn't that funny? Raw has their own tag team title, but, but and SmackDown does too. 
Ja, ja. Es gefühlt in die Keep Up mit Man. I'd be lost. I watch the product, Keep Up the Product Weekly, and sometimes I'm like, who the hell is the Intercontinental Champion? Like, is this... Listen, yo, do you know how crazy it is right now? I don't know who the. Wait, is it, um, it's Ricochet, right? Yeah, it's Ricochet. But I, I feel like ever since. I, I don't know. I, I can't say ever since the brands. The, the, there was a, a brand, a split between the brands. But I feel like that internet, Intercontinental title has lost its allure. Am I, am I lying? No, I mean, it has. It's, it's definitely been devalued. Like, it used to be. It used to be the best. Yeah. Yeah, like, like Bret Hart had, had that title, perfect, yeah, Razor, Razor, yeah. like, that was, like, the title before the heavyweight championship, like, now it's just this, it's treated like, 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 like that 24-7 title, okay, I lied, yeah. it's not that bad, <laughs> it's, it's crazy, like, that title was so prestige when we was growing up, to have that was, like, was like you, you, you were lit, like, you're on your way, that was, yeah. that was a sign, like, you're gonna eventually be in the main card, getting a push, and now it's just, like, it's treated like whatever. Yeah, I mean, so back then, like, there wasn't the brand split, so, like, they didn't have, like, the, you know how right now it's, like, the universal title and the WWE title, so, like, yep. that, that alone, like, having a, a second major belt kind of lowered down the, the IC title. At the same yeah. time, like, at the same time, like, that title has so much history that I think, I think if they wanted to, they could look really good, compelling storylines around that title, because, like, that lineage, it's still, it's still, it's still important, and for some reason, they just don't, they don't emphasize, they don't emphasize the, the IC belt. It's crazy, and uh, so, and I'm, so I know they don't, not, I'm pretty sure, I, I never checked this, but they don't have that European title no more, right? Because if, if they're not treating the Intercontinental title like, like it's worth anything, that belt got to be gone. Oh, no, that, yeah, that's, that's been gone for years. <laughs> it's crazy. Even with D'Lo Brown, like, when I, when I think of the European title, I think of D'Lo. And, like, every week he had, like, a different European uh, residence for his, um, his entrance. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like Triple H had that belt for, for a little bit when he was in DX, or am I wrong? Yeah, he did. Like, actually, Shawn Michaels just gave it to him. Oh, he gave it to him? Okay. Yeah, it to him. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Times have changed since, yeah, like, the Intercontinental, the Intercontinental title was one of the illest titles. Like, a lot of great matches have came because of that title. And now it's just like, eh, it is what it is. You know what? I don't even think Ricochet's on, he's not on the WrestleMania card. The internet, and, and, that, and see how crazy that is? That would never happen if it was, like, no. 20 years ago. That yeah. title would be defended on the Grand Estate of them all. Wild. But um, hey, I want to um, take a quick break and then come back and talk some more. All right, so I want to talk to you about one more match. The biggest WrestleMania main event ever, supposedly, Brock Reigns. What was it, like part five or part six? Right, say five, six? This is like... At least part three for WrestleMania. Maybe maybe this is the fourth time. Oh yeah, I was talking about like in general, but I think yeah. you're I think you're right. Like, like three for WrestleMania. So when it takes all title unification, I'm not really. I want to say I want to watch the match. I'm not really hyped for it because we've seen them so many times. Oh, here's my thing, right? I really really like Roman Reigns. Whoever decided to make him heel, they deserve a pay raise and a half because he is fucking killing it. As a heel, 
Like, he was born to be a heel, not a face. I love him on the mic, and I love what he is doing in this role. How do you feel about Arm Reigns being a heel? Um, man, I think, I think he's, like, one of the best heels that WWE have had. Easy. In a really long time. And I think, like, the, the evolution of his character um, and how well he's been presented and how well he's been booked, like, the presentation of the bloodline, like, having Heyman, like, it's like, they, they found a way to make Roman very special. Mm. So, and, like, set apart from everyone else on the roster. And I think uh, WWE, they finally stop being um stubborn and they they made the switch and it's been it's been paying off and i'm hyped i'm hyped for the brock match because like although although like we have seen this match many times like we haven't seen this roman like go up against brock we haven't seen well, they did fight and um didn't they fight in october in saudi arabia i didn't watch the pay-per-view with that so i didn't see that <laughs> didn't they fight at crown jewel I think they did, but I think I forget who won. Well, was, I believe Ray won because um, I believe one of the Usos super kicked Brock. Okay, yeah, so they were shenanigans. Yeah, but um, but we have we haven't seen the stakes like this high mm. between them, where it's winner take all, and uh, I think WWE did. Did you see the shit that happened in Madison Square Garden? Like they had um the footage. I see the I see the still photos when they like replayed on a raw. Yeah, but so the... you know that 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 entire Madison Square Garden show was like to build an angle mm. for Rage versus Lesnar, and I think they they've done a good job building up the heat. Um, I'm really I'm really really enjoying this run of Brock Lesnar's right now. Like he seems like he's having fun out there for the first time. Cowboy Brock. <laughs> yeah. Cowboy Brock, you know, <laughs> it, it, it seems like he's enjoying himself. His promos seem like they seem that they're natural. Um, you know, he's he's on the mic a lot more. Uh, he, way more, way more, way more. It's like a different character. He's engaging with the, the, the fans now. Like, it's, yeah, it, it's so cool to see Brock at this point in his career, like really enjoying what he's doing. Yeah, I'm not really – I prefer Brock, you know, just not really talking, being intimidating, having somebody like Paul Heyman talking to Mike for him. I thought that was dope. Like, it kept that mystique about him. But, I mean, it is what it is now. So, it's not bad, though. But, yeah. so, do you think that – I mean, it's my thought. I, I, I love Roman. I like Brock, too. Love Roman. But I cannot see a situation where Roman Reigns walks out as champion, unified. He had the title for like what two years now? We on we in two like that's crazy to me. It's been well over. Oh, but yeah. I think like day I think days wise it's been like two years. Yeah, I think so. Let me try. So so my thing is like, damn, are they really gonna have, have this run being extended? But at the same time, if Brock is a unified champion, he's a part timer, that's gonna be bad for the company, I think. Um. Yeah, so I I am against Brock winning, um, <laughs> and the reason why is because I think WWE needs to start thinking long term. Like, yes, thank you. 
Um, like, like I love Brock, but like, let me tell you, two, like two things. So predictable with Brock. Number thirty, the WrestleMania. It was Brock. Oh my God, he's gonna win, and he does. And I see a lot of people were weren't really happy about that ending of the at the Mania match. Then Crown Jewel started, Elimination Chamber. Even my man was on Twitter like, Brock's going to win and face rumor and so predictable. I'm like, You're damn right it is. And what happened? He won Crown Jewel. He's going to Mania to face Roman. It's like, but, but Brock, like, it's so, like, it's so predictable with him, I feel like, at times. It's kind of whack. Which is why I'm like, damn, is he really, really going to have both titles walk, walking up to Mania? I mean, I don't know. I think that's like, it's probably contingent on like whatever deal he signs. Um, mm-hmm. which I think he, he ended up signing a long-term deal. That doesn't necessarily mean that, like, he's going to be champion. Um, but I think I think they need to start investing in younger stars. And uh, I agree. So, so even Brock, as, as amazing as Brock is, like, he's in his early 40s and he has a shelf life. I mean, I think if they put, if they put Brock over Roman, I, I, that would be, like, a mistake. Um, especially since Roman has just had a ton of momentum. Has he been pinned? Like Roman? Yeah. Since, since I he's don't been, think so. You're talking about since he's been the champion? Yeah. I don't think so. Because the only fight that I could think of that he fought with t- the title wasn't on the line was against uh, Big E in Survivor Series, and he won that match. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't really know when he got, if he even got pinned. But I, I doubt it, though. So yeah, I mean that's that's like that's kind of crazy. Like he probably he's probably gone like years without being pinned. So that that win should go to someone who WWE is building up. Yes, but I'm yeah. like, yeah, but it, but it just seems to me like I I seen this playoffs. He's had it for far too long. They're really about to give it to Brock. And having Brock lose to him like twice, like after the Crown Jewel, I'm like, that's not gonna like really, like, play on the history of Brock Lesnar. Lose somebody twice, like, consecutively. <laughs> so I'm like, dude, it looks like Brock's going to win. I think enough time has passed from Crown Jewel that, like, maybe the fans won't quite remember, mm. like, storyline-wise, that Brock lost to Roman. But like I said, it's WWE. It's really hard to know what where their mindset is as far as, like, who they think should be should, – be the the champion for a long term, yeah. Um, but they don't have anyone to. As I say, like they should be building somebody up for that Roman win. Mm-hmm. They don't have anyone in the pipeline, really. Like, yeah, uh, I can't think of anybody. There's nobody that that I see on either brand that that look at like, no, what? Damn, they they're probably going to be in a position to be on the main and the main card real soon. I don't see anybody. But I are, you, are you familiar with Braun Breaker? Oh yeah, um, Rick's kind of son. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen any, I haven't seen his matches yet, but he looks just like him, like like same physique and everything. So yeah. I, I I can only imagine he's actually a good wrestler. Yeah, he's he's very good. He's very good, and like, I mean, he's he got like the the swag like his father, like the intensity, like like Scott Steiner, like. I can I can see someone like Braun Breaker like eventually coming to the main roster. Yeah. And like being that guy. So let me ask you this question. Do you know if, it, if it's – I think I heard somewhere – somebody told me that he can't use Steiner as his last name, like, for some reason. Do you know, do you know if that's true? 
So I'm like, I'm like, why aren't they pushing him as a signer? Unless he doesn't want to be pushed as a signer and wants to go on his own path. Um, I I think that I think that they they don't want him to necessarily be associated with the Steiner brothers like mm-hmm. right now. I think like like Vince is very um, high on on like intellectual property and mm-hmm. keep, keeping people's names. Like you know, like very rarely does he let someone keep their name. Like so so Braun Breaker's real name is Rex Steiner. Which, yep. is a, which is a dope name. Like, he should just be called Rex Steiner. But I think, like, Vince wants to own Braun Breaker. He wants to make that the name. And uh, that's what they're going with. Um, <laughs> but I don't, I don't think, like, I don't think Braun Breaker himself is against using the Steiner last name. I just think it's WWE, uh, WWE marketing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I gotta check out his one of his matches. I, I, rec- I started recording, uh, well, I added NXT to my YouTube TV library a couple of weeks back, so mm-hmm. I might have to go back and watch one of those shows and watch him compete because I haven't got a chance to do it. I, I always say, I'm, I'm gonna watch him, but I never did. It's, it's crazy. Hey, man, but hey, um, tonight after SmackDown, the dead man is going to the Hall of Fame officially. Here's my thing I think Undertaker has to do his Hall of Fame speech in character. It's, it's only right. I, I think with him, like, it's, it's the only way it should, it's the only way it should be done. Seeing him break the fourth wall, giving a speech, it's a social, it's, I mean, that's traditional. They all do that. But right. Taker is so unique. Throughout his career, he's been a unique character. He got to do that in character. That's just my belief. But I, I highly doubt it will happen, though. So I, I would agree with you, other than the fact, like, over the last couple of years, like, you know, we have seen, like, yeah, the, yeah. Real, the real Mark Calloway, you know. Especially like, um, with the documentary, the last ride documentary, exactly. and then leading up, and they, you see him on several platforms, talking on podcasts, talking about his, um, basically his ending with uh, WWE and his whole career. I've seen him on Joe Rogan, Bill Simmons, I'm like, what the heck, this is weird. I haven't, I haven't seen him talk this much off camera. Ever. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is weird seeing the Undertaker as like a real person and you know, as like a like a human being. We're, we're we're so not used to seeing him that way. But um, <laughs> I think I think it's it's really cool that Vince is gonna be the one that's that's inducting him. All right, so, I mean, so I, I, let me ask, ask you this question. I I tweeted when Vince announced that I said, if this this person would do it. If they could, this person should have been um, inducted in the Hall of Fame. You probably know who I'm talking about. If they could, if they could, you mean like if they physically, if they physically could? Yes. Oh. Like if they were still with us. Yeah. Paul Bearer. Exactly. Yeah. If Paul, if Paul Bearer was still here, he'd have to do that. Nobody else. But I mean, unfortunately, he's not with us anymore. Something like that. Right. So, so I, I guess next up would be. It makes sense with Vince because Vince is the one who was it Vince who Vince was the one who created the Undertaker character, right? And, and, and gave him the pitch for it, right? Uh, I want to say Bruce Pritchard was the one who created the Undertaker character. Okay. Uh, he was he was Undertaker's manager when he debuted, but I think, uh, I mean, 
He, I mean, he loved Undertaker. Undertaker was basically the only guy who didn't jump ship like during the Monday Night War. Yeah, I mean, he was he cra- he's been crazy loyal for thirty plus years. Yep. To Vince. I mean, they got, they got history. I'm sure these like I'm sure like Taker's like extended family to Vince right now. So yeah, I mean, who else? I mean, who else could it really be? So yeah, it should be somebody who has extensive history with Taker to do. I mean, it, it could be Kane. I I initially thought it was going to be Kane. To introduce him. Oh yeah. Okay. Maybe Kane could do it too. And even even Shaw would have been dope too. Like given their history, like their WrestleMania. Yeah, uh, their classic, their classic fights they had. Uh, yeah, that'd have been dope. Yes. Okay. So Shane, that's not Shane. Kane, HBK would have been acceptable as well to introduce the Undertaker outside of Vince. That's all. I, that's all I can really think of. I mean, if, if, if you nah, I was gonna say maybe Mick Foley. <laughs> Maybe Mick Foley, because you know they had that that like that how it was changing, but boiler room brawl, buried alive, man, they, they, they have a lot of history. <laughs> I was scared when I was a kid. I was so scared of mankind, and like and the Undertaker, like that boiler room brawl stuff gave me nightmares. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna see if I can find that match. Well, I, I probably watch, watch it on the network. I'm gonna see if the WWE um, YouTube page has that match available. Cause they have, I think they have the buried alive match, um, on YouTube, so I can watch it. I'll probably check if they have the um boiler room brawl match. Cause I, I don't remember what paper, was, was that a SummerSlam, the boiler room brawl. I thought it was like a wasn't it one of like an in your house pay per view or something. Could have been. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I'm gonna look that up. Um, so other people too got in the Hall of Fame. Vader. Vader, yeah. Um, his wife, right? Charmel. Uh, I don't, I don't, what do you think about that? What do you think about Charmelle being in the Hall of Fame? Honestly, I feel like she was on she was on camera when I wasn't watching wrestling like that, so I don't really know about her. So she she didn't compete, right? She's just a manager. She was just a manager, and it was it was um during mostly during uh, Booker T's King Booker gimmick. So this was the R- ruthless aggression era. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, I wasn't watching wasn't watching wrestling like that, so I I really don't not familiar with her. So, so what do you think about it? Since you know um, more about her than I do, I mean, I, during her run, she was like a very minor character and not memorable. I think, I think, I think WWE they have like different when they when they look at the Hall of Fame, they have different criteria in the in the in the class that they're looking to fill in. You know. Yeah, um, see, that, that's funny to me because, like, I've been thinking to myself, like, what the hell criteria do they use for the Hall of Fame? Because I, I, I mean, I have a sense of what they do for like the NFL or the NBA, but with WWE, what the hell is that criteria? I want to, I want to know. Like, I want to ask somebody who works for them one day, what is the criteria to be in the Hall of Fame? Because <laughs> I don't, I don't get it. I mean, she's in there, so, so apparently, it's apparent to me based on what you told me, she ain't no, um, sensational Sherry. Damn sure ain't no <laughs> Miss Elizabeth. I mean, the the criteria is if Vince wants you to be in the Hall of Fame that year. <laughs> it's not like it's not like the Baseball Hall of Fame where you have like a group of writers that are that are voting. It's like this one man who who makes these decisions every year, and um, and then and then part of that is like being in his good graces, like you know, like. Macho Man for years deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. 
I think we know. I don't know if you know the rumors of Urban Legend, but like, what is it? So there's this rumor that so after Macho Man left um, to go to WCW, like Vince never brought him back in, even when he was bringing back other people that that were that had left. So there's like this rumor that Macho Man had a relationship with Stephanie McMahon when she was like 17 years old. Wow. Never yeah. heard that before. Really? And, um, yeah, so the the rumor is that Vince found out about it, and he was, he was extremely pissed off, and since then, like, Macho Man was never invited back to WWE. He, the only, he was, he was posthumously inducted in the Hall of Fame, um, but he was never, he he was never able to get his moment while he was still alive. And I think a lot of that... Which is a damn shame. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's a personal vendetta. And I mean, whether or not that rumor is true, like, I don't think it'll ever be substantiated. Um, But I think it just comes down to, like, but what makes the WWE Hall of Fame not as prestigious as, as... other Hall of Fames is that it, the, the the criteria is based on like their superficial things. Yeah, um, I mean, so it's really like subjective. Definitely, definitely. I no mean, objectivity at all. <laughs> I mean, I mean, but I mean, at the same time, most of the people that are in the Hall of Fame, I feel like most of the wrestlers at least deserve to be in there. I would say, right, more more so than not. Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. Like you look at like contributions to the business, like. There really isn't a lot of people that are not in the Hall of Fame that deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. At the same time... Um... Oh, sorry. What did you say? Oh, like with these... The, the quality of like the classes every year, I think, starts to kind of dwindle, which is why you have a situation where you're, you're bringing in like a, a Queen Charmel to be in the Hall of Fame. Um, I, I think... WWE is like running out of like quality people to induct every year. Yeah. Cause I was gonna say, is I, I would think it's in the Hall of Fame. Is Lex Luger in the Hall of Fame? Has he got inducted? No. no. Lex Luger's not in the Hall of Fame. That's and that's a crime. The total package gotta be in there. Because because and and I feel like there can't be any like bad blood between them because wasn't he um featured on a WWE special recently, like I feel like within last year, he was a, I forgot what the show's called. Um, but he they had a sec, they had a special on Lex Luger about his trials and tribulations. Yeah, like he's very sick right now. You say he's very what right now? He's like very ill, I think. Really? Yeah. He. Um, I saw that. I saw that he's at Wrestling Con right now. I saw. Um, I think Buff Bagwell saw on his Twitter posted a picture of Lex Luger there. Yeah, like he's been he's been very ill uh, over the last couple of years. Um, he doesn't look the same at all. Like, oh, like definitely the, not at all. Not at all. Looks very um, like real skinny. I don't know. I think I think between his his like run in WWE and WCW, like Lex deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, absolutely. And like I said, like now that they've obviously like they took over WCW, you can't deny him Hall of Fame entry. Yeah, exactly. It's great. And WCW plus WWF. Yeah. Or WWE, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but he was there when it was WWF. Right. Um, 
I'm, I'm happy Veda got in. I, I love yo. Veda to me is the most athletic, big, or would you call him a big? Yeah, but a guy his size, I feel like he's the most athletic wrestler. I just saw a footage of him doing a somersault off a turnbuckle. Yep. What the hell? At that size, the only person I would, I would, I would that could compete with him from like a build, similar build, is Bam Bam because of athleticism. <laughs> and even then, like, like Beto is like way more stout than Bam Bam. Yes, like. I think he's way more. I think he's more athletic than Bam Bam. But the only person that can come close to my mind right now is, is like at that size, similar size, is Bam Bam. Beto was it's crazy. No. So I wonder, I wonder what the what the hold up was with him was for. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, if you look at if you look at his WWE career, he was not necessarily given that strong of a run. And he, he had that one feud with Shawn Michaels. Yeah. I think SummerSlam '96 they fought for the title. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but outside of that, he didn't really get any, any other pushes. Well, what happened was like during that match, I don't know. Like Shawn had felt that Vader had like botched something. Oh, really? Um, so yeah, so he he like kicked him in the head a couple. This is like um, you can watch on the network. Like he kicked Vader in the head a couple of times, and like calls him an idiot. And, <laughs> uh, the the story is like Vader went in the back and he was like in complete tears. And uh, you can imagine this huge guy feeling like that that uh, sad about the match. But um, yeah, it's like Vader. I think his his like. His run at WWE was not as strong as it was in other places. Like, like WCW. Yeah. He was in NWA, right? Yep, he was in NWA. He he was in New Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, but he definitely deserves to get in. Definitely. Absolutely. Vader was a man, you know. And then all, and then I can't recall like a person an announcement coming that late. About someone getting to the Hall of Fame that happened with the Connors. Yeah, was like last, like last week. What the hell was that? Like, why, why, wait, 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 it was it was this week. This past Monday, yeah, it was a couple of days ago when that was announced. What the hell, I'm like, yo, the Steiner brothers? Why are they getting pushed back? Why, why are they not getting? Why are they like? Oh yeah, and, and oh yeah, and the Steiners are getting in. Like the Steiners are legendary. Honestly, I feel like when you talk about the greatest tag teams of all time, they, that that duo doesn't come up that much. It's crazy yeah, to me. And they should because they're totally up there. You know? Absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, you got that Legion of Doom, Demolition, the Dudley Boys, Hardys. But yo, like those Steiners were lit. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't remember their run so much in WCW as a tag team, but I love them in WWF. I mean, yeah, they, they were just. I mean, I, I would put, I would put the Steiners up against like any of those tag teams that you mentioned. Like, I would too. Quality. Um. I mean, I, I, I'm, talking, I'm talking about just in ring and in, in ring work. Definitely. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, they deserve their shine, and arguably, like Scott Steiner had a successful enough solo career that, like, you know, he could have been inducted in the Hall of Fame by himself. Um, not in WWE, but like his run in WCW. Yeah, his run. I, I feel like WWE didn't really, like really use him well. No, no, and I, I don't think. And at that time, like, I think. <laughs> He's just so bulky. Like I don't think he could he could work properly at that time. Like he's a he had a lot of bad matches. We have Triple H and Goldberg. Like he had a lot of <laughs> terrible matches. <laughs> yeah, but but in WWE, he was a world champion in WWE. Am I right? Yeah, he was. He was. Okay. 
Big Papa Pump. He was, he was, he was, he was the man, yo. But, but Rick, Rick has just been gone for a while, like, never to be seen again. And I, I don't remember, I remember the last time I saw him in a like, fight. I mean, yeah, I think, like, I don't, I don't know their ages, like, of, like, who's older or whatever, but it seemed like Scott I, was I, I believe, I believe it's, um, I believe it's Rick, yo. I'm going to check right now. Because <laughs> Scott definitely had the longevity for his career, but I also think, like, the big Papa Pump persona had a lot to do with that. Like, you know, like, he had that connection with the crowd that Rick didn't really have, like. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, like, you, you couldn't, like, portray him in that in that way. Yeah, yeah. He just didn't have that, like, kind of personality for it. Okay, so the older one is, it's Rick. Rick is 61. Scott's 59. Okay, so they're not that much different in age. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh, I want to talk to you. We, I'm surprised we went an hour without talking about this. So. About what? About the Kevin Owens uh, Stone Cold uh, confrontation. Oh, oh, my God. Like, again, this is what you talked We talked about this earlier, how they don't really try to push any new stars. Why the hell is Stone Cold coming back? So, at first, I thought he was going to fight. I'm like, hey, he's going to fight. He's going to fight since WrestleMania 19. I haven't even stepped in the ring in wrestling gear since twenty since WrestleMania nineteen. Why the hell is he gonna come back now? But now I see he's gonna be on on the Kevin o, on the Kevin Owens show. Yeah. Um and you know, to confront him. I I will admit though, when Kevin Owens came out as Stone dressed up as Stone Cold, uh, uh, that was great TV. Uh, uh, I'm not gonna lie. No, no. So that so so yeah, so the what what made that hilarious was like, yeah, the first time, you know when the music went off and everyone got got like tricked by it and then did it again you know it was like yeah that was pretty um that was really good that was like such a good way to get heat like i love i love when um superstars dress up like each other like um when punk did that with jeff hardy <laughs> huh. no that, that was that's that actually really brilliant i i want like whoever, whoever decided to do that Put that in the script. Great job, yo. Oh. That was funny. And then he came in, brought, brought the guy who tossed the beers in the ring, and hit, hit him with a stunner in the inside of mouthing up to him in the play. Yo, that's crazy. Hit the hit the same. He had, he had Stone Cold's mannerisms down. Like, like he was studying it. Like he probably has really too. Like he was a kid. Came with the walk, raising the fist in the air while on the turnbuckle. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> he did a great job. Yeah. No, he, he definitely did. So, I mean, um, I mean, I'm not really hyped for that because I just think they're going to talk. I think it's going to end up with Stone Cold probably drinking a beer with him, you know, hit him with a stunner and walk off. Like, I, I, I don't honestly want to be hyped about that. So, are you looking forward to that? I mean, I think so. So, judging by the buildup of the confrontation, like, they're, they're making it seem like it's going to be like a, like basically an unsanctioned match mm-hmm. where, you know, like, they're not necessarily going to be there to talk. They're going to be there to brawl. But my thing is, like, I'm very concerned <laughs> about, you know, whatever, like, 59-year-old Steve Austin, like, like him working, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just wonder, I wonder how that's going to go, like, physically, how, the, how they're going to, how they're going to make that confrontation look good without, without exposing don't call limitations too much. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, what the hell's going on? Like, is that, how how the hell is Stone Cold gonna fight? 
But then again, I see him. It's going to be the Kevin Owens show. So I'm like, what, how, how are they going to pull this off? So, okay, I'm not excited to see that, but I'm interested to see that. I, I would say that. Um, but again, like, again, like they're, they're living off the past stars to promote today products. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, this is pretty egregious because, like, Stone Cold retired, what, 19 years ago? Exactly. <laughs> Why? I've never seen this. I've never seen a build up for Stone Cold like, like it's about to fight. Ever. I mean, well, since WrestleMania 19. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, yeah, damn, has been yeah, 19 years. Because this 38, 19. Damn. Yes, 19 years goes by really, really fast. No. I think about that all the time. It's like, damn, like, time really goes by quickly. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. You know, like, that still seems very contemporary. It's like, you know, Rock versus Stone Cold, that last match. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of crazy. That was 19 years ago. Wild, though. Um, I was going to ask you, too. Um, oh, yeah, we got to talk about, before we end the podcast, talk about uh, the game, calling the quits um, at, the, um, at the health scare. Um, I've seen, that was, it had to be last week. Yeah, it was last Thursday when we was on the Stephen A. show. Yeah. Uh, I, actually, I actually watched the full, the full clip on YouTube. It's crazy, man. See, see like, like the, 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 the tribulation in that, in that state, just being so transparent about the situation. Sad. But good to see that he's good right now. I've seen the, I seen the um, photos of him at Mania a weekend. I'm unveiling the Undertaker statue. Yeah, yeah, he looks good. That's dope. It looks good. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was just crazy to see it, like, like how much love and support he got on social media. Because once that got announced, so I, all I seen was um, thank you, Triple H, on Twitter, mad pictures of, of just fans, wrestlers of, of the past, wrestlers today, especially a lot of people who we helped groom in, in, in um, NXT come out and show the support. That's dope to see that he got his flowers in that moment. Yeah, because I, I think, like, Especially over the last five years, like Triple H has done a lot, has like, had a really good influence on pro wrestling. Like mm-hmm. he's allowed um, undersized uh, wrestlers to shine, like in NXT. Um, he's he's done a really good job of like keeping like indie uh, indie stars, like keeping their personas intact when they when they come to NXT. Um, it's like that his his run as the Booker. Um, I think I would like to see like the main roster treated in that same way, like um, of more of like a sports a sports based uh, like athletic based uh, product. Um, but yeah, it's it's like I'm very thankful that he's healthy and that he's you know he made that decision to retire to have that longevity for his wife and his daughters. Um, it's, uh, it does feel like it's the end of uh, it is the end of an era in a way because uh, Triple H was one of those guys. He was a bridge from, you know, like he was trained by Killer Kowalski. In Malden, him in China. Crazy. Yep. In Malden, yep. yep. I wonder where I wonder where in Malden was that was that school at. Uh, I feel like I like worked nearby there or something because I remember like I remember making that connection because I used to work in Malden. Okay. And, I remember like making that connection. Like there might have been a building nearby that uh, where it was at. But um, I mean, I mean, like, tri- like Triple H to me is like, like, well, say what you want about him, backstage politics, but you cannot tell me that that man does not love his crap. I think there was no moment more evident than that than his return from that. What was the injury? He had a tear in his leg, right? Was it an ACL tear? Was it a news uh, for like several months? 
Oh, he, he, I think he tore his quad or something. Yes, it was quad. And then he came back that first appearance on Raw. So when he came back, you can see in his face how hyped he was. And the crowd was just happy to see him back. And he was like, yo, like, he really loves And then he's just talking on the mic, cut an L promo. Like, he, he lives this. He breathes wrestling. Like, he might love more. I think, like, at least he, like, I feel like he shows that he loves wrestling more than anybody else, I think, in his wrestling. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, he has, like, he has the mind for it, like, he definitely has the passion for it, like, you know, like, a major criticism of Triple H, uh, from the internet is, like, he was, excuse me, he was the guy who, like, worked with the guy, like, you know, like, Austin, uh, Foley, Rock, Undertaker, it's like, but, you know, every every hero needs a good villain. And I think, like, if you look at the late 99, early 2000s Triple H, like, he was drawing, like, real heat. Like, genuine heat. And, like, he, he was a draw. Like, you wanted to see him get beat. You wanted to see, like, when the reign of terror was going to end, you know? Um, and then later on when with evolution, like starting that, like with uh Flair and Orton and Batista, it was like Triple H was like established mm-hmm. and also was given credibility to these like younger guys um for the for the, the next generation. Uh and uh, you know, and then also like having Flair with him for like that kind of guidance and stuff like that. Triple H has like really been able to reinvent himself in many yeah. different um, And I, I think he, he was more than just a guy that was there alongside the great Like I would put him up there. I'd put him up there. Mm, maybe I'm gonna not- ask you. Oh wait, uh, continue that? Yeah, like maybe not on the same tier as with Steve Austin or The Rock, but He's definitely in that that upper echelon near them, just because like his his body of work over the last like twenty plus years, and that he was able to adapt, change, um, improve as he got as he got older too, and uh, like even up until a few years ago when he was last competing, like he was still pretty good in the ring. Yeah, I believe his last match was was at the Mania against Batista. He looked pretty good in that match. Was that his last match, or was that Batista's last match too? Oh, 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 that might have been his last Mania match. I'm sorry. Yeah, I I forget what his last (coughs) what his last match was. Do you think he's the best heel of all time? I I see see some people say that he's the best heel of all time. Like, you know what? I'm not mad. I'm not mad at that. I don't know if I agree with it, but. Because I feel like he is there's certain wrestlers that are made to be a heel, like Roman is. I think Triple H is that 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 wrestler can only be a heel. Um, it's hard for me to say all all time because like you know contextual like um, from when I started watching TV, I would say yeah, like okay, yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Yeah. I'll, I'll say that your 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 experience your experience watching wrestling is he the greatest heel to you? 
Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if I agree, but I got I think about that, but he's good, but he's up there. Not mad at that choice at all. I mean, he's up there because not only was it like the storyline stuff that made him a heel, but like, you know, the backstage uh, political aspect of it, you know, he he marries the boss's daughter. And, and even with, before that, you know, him being a part of the clique rubbed people the wrong way. Yep. So they, they started with that, and then like I said, he went on to marry the, marry the boss's daughter. And I'm sure that that rubbed people, more, even more people the wrong way, having that. So. Yeah, yeah. But not like he's a hard worker. I, I I love I love his passion for the business. And like I, I I can't picture Triple H being like some of these wrestlers like go on tour to like meet and greet and stuff like that. I think that he's just too like he'll be too like busy like working behind the scenes in NXT or WWE, you know what I'm saying? At some capacity that like, he would never like do that. Like that would be like I wanna say I wanna say beneath him, but he's just like I can't do that. I'm too busy doing this, like, these things. Like he like loves being around the business so much. Yeah, and I, I would say that would be beneath him if he was like signing autographs and stuff. Like, <laughs> you know? he, he has like that acumen. He has like the, the wrestling acumen, and uh, he's business oriented. I would, I would like to see him be involved um, in in WWE long term. You know, yeah. even if he's not fully healthy. Yeah, man. Yeah, so it's so, a great, great, hell of a career. You know what? They could have easily since, since that happened, since he, that, that that announcement came, they could have easily put him in the Hall of Fame this year. But of course, you can't have him and take a going to Hall of Fame at the same time. Oh, those are yeah. like two like those are two headliners. So yeah. I'm pretty sure next year Triple H will be the headliner Hall of Fame, rightfully so too. Yeah, no, they they would overshadow each other. That would be that would be too yeah, that would be whack, right? Get 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 gotta have them going in separate times. Um, but yeah, um. I mean, that's it for now. Um, I'm going to put the episode up as soon as we're done recording. This is going up, and I'll send you the link and everything. All right, that'll be dope, yeah. You watch, you watch a main anywhere, or watch it at home? Uh, I'm probably going to watch both nights at home. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably be home, too. We'll have to get, get some food, throw back some beers for my, for my guy Stone Cold, and then uh, watch, the, watch the, um, the event. Hopefully, it's great. Hopefully, it's better than what I think it's going to be. And like I said, overall, I felt the card underwhelming, but you did tell me. I, mean, I forgot about the match, the uh, AJ Styles and uh, Edge match. I think that's going to be a, I think that's, that can potentially be a classic Mania match. I think so too. I, I think they're really going to they're going to steal the show. Yeah, I, I wouldn't shock me if they did. Well, all right, well, all right, man. I'll talk to you later. All right, bro. Thanks. See you. No problem, man. Take care. All right. So as I did mention in the intro. Um, I do have an extra bonus clip um, showing love to the late, great Scott Hall, a.k.a. Razor Ramon, a.k.a. the bad guy. Rest in peace. Here it is. I know, you, I know how, just how big of a wrestling fan you are with me, so I got to talk to somebody about that because I still can't get over the fact that, that, that he's gone, you know? I know. I know. Yeah, so, yeah, so, I mean, all right, so it's been about 48 hours or close to that since we lost the great Scott Hall, a.k.a. Razor Ramon, one of the most influential wrestlers in the, um, in the history of wrestling, certainly in our era. Um, are, you, are you still uh, over the fact that that actually happened? Or, like, actually, what was your reaction to when you heard the news? Um, so initially, I heard the news that he had, um, he had gotten hip surgery with a hip replacement, um, and there was a blood clot that got loose, and he ended up having three heart attacks. Uh, 
I mean, I was I was shocked. I was really shocked that um, you know Scott Hall was was gonna be gone, and uh, I think it was like like Sunday there was reports that he was on life support, um, and that he was still he was still alive. You know, so part of me thought, you know, this is this is Razor, like he's gonna pull through, um, but. The, the news is, is, is very devastating. It's very devastating. Um, and it, as someone who... Scott Hall was influential uh, to many generations in, uh, in wrestling and wrestling fans. Uh, he had involvement with a lot of, like, pivotal moments in wrestling. Um, you know, from... All the way back from the new generation to... Uh, WCW to um, beyond WCW, he did uh, TNA stuff. Like he was, he was extremely influential. I'm so yeah, shocked. yeah, definitely. Like I remember the first time I ever seen Scott Hall debut in '92, I believe, um, as Razor Ramon in WWE, and I just thought to myself, like as a kid, like yo, he's he's a cool guy. Like yeah. and then you get I mean, you get older, like I felt like his coolness. Still can still trans trans um can still like trans um cross over to when you're an adult like that you can relate to him just how cool he was like with the like he's one of the dopest people on the mic I think ever his style the way he talked the way he presented himself like he just like oozed with charisma on the screen I'm like yo this is the illest one of the other dudes ever like he really made it cool I think for me he's like the first wrestler I seen that made it cool to be the villain or the bad guy that he bad called himself guy. yep yeah because he. He had his charisma. He was the character. That character was based on Scarface. Um, exactly. And uh, actually, Vince McMahon had never seen Scarface. So uh, <laughs> when when Scott Hall came up with the Razor Ramon character, Vince thought it was just a complete uh, original creation. Um, and yeah, with Razor, it's like I feel like you can put him. You can take that character. And put him in any era, and even in the current era, he would he would have fit in perfectly. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, just like that perfect cleaner. You know, he's a, he's a even when he was a face, he still had that that kind of like edge part in the pun like to him. And uh, yeah, he made it cool. He made it really cool to to be a wrestling fan, especially in uh, WCW days with the NWO and the Outsiders, like, yeah. yeah exactly. I mean, and, and then during his tenure in WWE, um, back then WWF, um, you know, he was like one of the most accomplished intercontinental champions of all time, uh, four-time intercontinental champion, uh, had the classic match with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 10, the first ever ladder match, which is, I think it's a top five match of all time, still to me today. Agreed. Totally agree. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's crazy. Like, so when he decided to jump ship with WCW, I'll never forget that night. I, I remember it to the day when you seen him walking through the stands, jumping over the barricade, asking for a mic, getting in the ring. I forgot who was fighting, but, you know, the guys got out of the ring, cleared the ring, and he basically said, I'm going to paraphrase, obviously. You know who I am. You know why I'm here. Where's billionaire Ted, the macho man, all that, just talking his talk. and say, hey, you want a war? You got a war. And as a kid, I'm like, yo, that's Razor. What's he doing on Nitro? Like, that, that was crazy to me. The mob bugger, like, yo, are we really going to have a crossover at WWE? Uh, 
F for WCW? Like, what's going on here? Like, I, I couldn't grasp it as a kid, but I just thought it was like one of the illest things I've ever seen. And then when you get older and you, uh, and you understand the way the business works, that way that angle looked is like one of the dopest things that ever happened in wrestling because, of course, led to the creation of the NWO and which changed the landscape of wrestling forever. Forever, yeah. And it's like, as a kid, you always had that, like, fantasy booking of, oh, like, WWF versus WCW. And wouldn't it be cool if one guy can jump from one federation to another? So when... When uh, Scott Hall came out, and at that time, you know, nobody was referring to him as Scott Hall, it, you're just like, whoa, like, what's going on right now? Is he, is he signed? Uh, why is he on WCW TV? What, like, it, it added so much of intrigue and also um, blurred the lines about in wrestling, like, what's real versus what's not real. Um, like the 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 kayfabe aspect of it. Uh, are 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 the outsiders really here to take over WCW? Um, for for WWF, you know, it was just like so many, so many. Uh, it was like so many questions about what are they doing here? Yeah, of course, and and of course too. Obviously, um, the last time we saw him in a WWE ring was that infamous. Uh, the curtain call at Madison Square when it yep. changed the, when that game line game kayfabe the fourth wall was broken him embracing Shawn Michaels Hunter Hurstley and uh, Diesel aka Kevin Nash in the ring so from that leading up to that moment it was crazy yeah because um yeah I mean the curtain call that that broke kayfabe completely uh for the the fans that were in attendance and um. You know, there just happened to be that one fan with his camcorder who recorded the whole thing, um, and that's that's part of wrestling lore forever. Um, but yeah, Scott Hall and, and Nash and, and Pac, um, they they were able to blur the lines uh, between what we know as wrestling as like choreographed sort of like the soap opera um, elements to. Uh, Real beef, real competition. Like, you know, they, they, uh, Nash and Hall used their real names in WCW, like, given this air of authenticity, um, to Nitro that, that previously it just, it didn't, it didn't have at all at that time. Yeah, cause I, if I remember correctly, when I watched those, um, those specials on the Monday Night War on the network, I believe Eric Bristol said that he wanted to do everything he could to be different from the competition, obviously, WWF. So when he said, hey, they use, they've got character names, I'm going to use real names, make it sound edgy, like Hall, Nash. I'm like, hey, that, that, that actually works if you're trying to be, like, separate yourself from the competition. Because that was just dope. And then the fact that you've seen um, just a way, like, like exactly like, you were like, let's, like, hey, is this, uh, we know wrestling's fake, but this stuff might be real. Like, for example, the moment when they were outside at the, uh, outside in the back, um, at the, at the trailer, and Ray Mysterio jumped on the Kevin Nash, and Kevin Nash caught him and threw him <laughs> up against the trailer. I'm like, yo, like, this is crazy right now. I mean, it looks real. They were getting beat up with bats. They were beating up somebody with bats. Maybe it was the Marching Man they were beating up with bats outside, and then Ray Mysterio came out. Yeah, I mean, so that, that particular segment, when it aired on Nitro, um, there were people that were calling the police in, in that town because they thought the shit was real. Like, they thought 
there was like an actual assault going on. So yeah, I, just, I, I peeped that in the um in the in the, in the special. I was like, that's crazy. They really they really got like scared. <laughs> like, hey, there's something going on over here next to my house. You guys might want to Absolutely. take a look at this. Says yeah, Christ. and I. Mm-hmm. No, go ahead, bro. Oh no, my fault. Go ahead. Sorry. Um. Yeah, because at that time it was like that was post that was post uh, kayfabe and sort of um, yeah, Vince McMahon labeling wrestling sports entertainment. So people were in on this idea that wrestling was was a work, but um, yeah, with the the outsiders and the NWO, they they changed all that. They they made it seem like. You know, this was this was a real competition. This was a real takeover. Um, and like, you know, later on down the road, uh, uh, Scott Hall throwing the TV title uh, in a trash can. Um, it's like, okay, dude, these guys really, really don't like WCW. They're really trying to to destroy it from the inside out. And I just the authenticity that that Scott Hall just. Essentially, being himself, it was just, he added a lot of credibility uh, to WCW. Oh, absolutely! And then, of course, we had the, um, the infamous moment at Bats of the Beach, 1996. You know, where Hogan comes in, he's revealed as the third guy, and then the NWO is birthed that night. Um, again, which is just like culture shifters right there. Um, the way that this, they carry themselves, the, their, their vignette styles, black and white. Um, some of the illest promos ever, and I think that I think that Hall got a lot of reps in during his time as Razor Ramon because even though the promos back then were dope, the vignettes like I, I would assume he was in Miami um, in those vignettes um, in the WWF. So I think that he, I think he really used that to help set the stage for his time in WCW on the mic because I think that he's probably one of the best on the mic of all time, top five I would say. I would agree with you. I would agree with you because like his style, he never seemed like he was being phony or inauthentic or, you know, he was reading a script that, that a writer had given him. Like he, his promos always sounded like he really meant what he was saying. Um, and I mean, with the Razor Ramon character, he, he's portraying himself as like a Cuban American. So he had that, like, you know, that, uh, Latin inflection. Um, and, uh, I mean, it worked. That that character worked really well. And then when he went to WCW and was more of himself, um, I mean, you can tell uh, the NWO, they were, they were having a lot of fun out there um, for the first few years of, of NWO before it became kind of out of hand with the amount of members they were adding. Um, yeah. I definitely felt uh, like I, that, that was their downfall. Once they started adding on too many people, it, it got ridiculous to the point where it wasn't like it wasn't like any exclusivity like it was before. I felt like anybody could be in the shit. I could have been a member, I'm guessing. <laughs> I mean, they had a lot of bumps, a lot of bumps towards the end, you know, and it kind of killed the, the the specialness of NWO. And um, that that nothing will really compare to that initial three man uh, NWO uh, formation. Um, and I mean. To, to have Hogan be part of that, um, the biggest name in the business at that time, and you can kind of argue he's still the biggest bu- the name in the business. And, of all time, um, yeah. Of all time, yeah. And Scott Hall, Scott Hall held his own alongside Hogan. 
Um, and when you watch the footage of old Nitros or old Thunders um, and with Scott Hall, he would just get on the mic and all he had to say is, hey, yo. And the crowd would just lose their minds. Like, he, he knew how to... Uh, how to work a crowd together. Like, he was a master at that. He was a master at just uh, being able to, to draw people into him, into him. And um, and that's, we should also talk about his angling work because I think he his legacy is um, also made of that, like, the way that he, as a worker, how good he was. Okay. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, we can get into that. I was just gonna say um, about the fact about Hogan. I saw. I saw too that um, in that special I was talking about with the Monday Night Wars that um, I did, I think originally they wanted Sting to be the third guy, but Scott was saying it's not. Listen, it has to be a WWE guy. It got to be a WWF guy. And he thought that Hogan was the perfect person to um, to be the third person because then it, it really felt like it was a takeover as opposed to having Sting who's already established in WWE. CW. So I think that that was the right call in re- in retrospect, certainly. Oh yeah, and I mean, I think even for the the long term of that storyline, to have Sting be the the one to defend WCW, like he, turning into the crow, um, taking on the the NWO by himself, like there wouldn't have been any other uh, uh, wrestler in WCW at that time who could have taken that role. And I um yeah, I think having having Sting be a member of the NWO initially would not have worked. Um and of course like Hogan was the right guy, like it ended up revitalizing his career at that point. Um and um it it took WCW to another level where they started consistently beating uh Monday Night Raw and the the ratings. So yeah, that was that was a really good call. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Looking back, I'm like, nah, it had to be. It had to be Hogan. It wouldn't have worked with Sting. And then, it, like you mentioned now too, so with Sting being on the good side, of WCW, he could have acted as like a, a vigilante. And it, and it was dope how he, he would come down and, and attack WCW, come to the Raptors and everything, and, and strike them with the baseball bats and everything. So it worked out perfectly in that aspect. So in ring ability, you said overall, what did you think about Scott Hall's ability in the ring? Um, I mean, I think I think definitely Scott Hall, one of the better workers of his generation. Um, I mean, he was six foot seven, like a relatively big guy. It's like you really don't think of Razor or, or Scott as a big guy just because he was like he was very slender. And also, if you look at his contemporaries, like you know Nash, Taker, like, but I mean, he was he was a really big guy, but he can move around really well in the ring. Uh, he was very athletic. Um, he was also technical as well. Um, you know, that you mentioned that match he had with Sean at um, WrestleMania, the WrestleMania 10, the latter match. Like, that, that match was just, like, very influential. And to this day, you have a lot of um, wrestlers, uh, who uh, can owe their careers to that match as far as, like, that high-flying style, the risk-taking, um, 
that that laid the groundwork for that. I do I do believe that I I would say I, I'm interested in your opinion. Yeah, it's like so once you love WWE uh, to like Scott Hall the characters, I feel like there was a much less of an emphasis on his um. Okay, yes, yeah. There's much less there's much less of an emphasis on his in ring work. Uh, it was more his promos, um, uh, just the the character of of NWO Scott Hall. Um, so I mean he had he hadn't really had I think like a, a classic match since he left WWF. Um, but I, I wonder what you think about that. You know what? I never really thought about that in depth, but. Right now that I'm thinking about it, I think you're right. I mean, he definitely his his quality of match definitely fell off when he went when he WCW. I really feel like if he stayed in WWE, um, he would have had a chance to at least like realistically compete for in, in a, for the world championship or be in that picture if he stayed in WWE. But when he got to WWE, WCW, you still you know you had the Stings, the Hogan's, the Flairs. So I felt like there wasn't any like room for him to like really, and then him not being the leader of the NWO, kind of like had him leveled at a certain at a certain position. Whereas if he if he stayed Razor Ramon, I think it would have been competing for championships, been in the picture. So that could be another thing. Like, but he like you say, he definitely had classic moments at Scott Hall in WCW, but not necessarily classic matches. I don't. I actually, yeah, I, I don't. I can't think of one classic match he had. You know, there's no, you know what? There's something funny. So today I saw the Rock, um, Rock's post, um, paying homage to Scott Hall, saying that like he studied his tapes, and um, like like looked at him as inspiration in the ring. And now that I'm thinking about it, like, I can see how the Rock kind of like had some, was influenced by Scott Hall, especially with with his striking. Their strikes are very similar in the ring. I never thought yep. about that until they mentioned that. Yep. Yep. Kind of that like wide hook, kind of like, uh take one step back, kind of like swinging. Yeah, I can totally see that. And even his swag, too, I think is like Razor Ramon compared to like, you know, 98, 99 Rock is very, very, very similar. That, that real, hey, real talk. Like the people's eyebrow, like stuff like that, like him rocking those like Versace shirts or designer shirts. It's very like, very Razor Ramon-like. Yeah. I, 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 never, I, never, I, never, I never thought about this until now. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, so th- those I don't think those two characters could have existed at the same time in WWF just because they're just so so similar. Um, yeah, yeah. I was, I was gonna, um, why do you think Scott Hall never he never became a world champion? He wasn't he wasn't in WWF. He wasn't in WCW. Like, what do you think prevented him from reaching that next level? Well, as I said. Um... I felt like definitely with WCW, it's just the fact that they had their guys already established, like the Hogan's, the Stings, the Flairs. You know how they, how they was how they was feeding that, feeding it down their viewers' like mouth all the time. It was always a Hogan versus Flair match like a million times. Like, hey, we gotta say something else here. Um, so I think that was the case. But in, in WC and WWF, I really felt like if he stayed there long enough, he would have been in the in a, in a um, championship picture. I mean, Diesel had his Diesel had his chance, right? I think I think Hall would have got it. Off the fact that you know, I felt like Vince would have gave him a chance to really like put him in that position if he was there longer. He probably would have to wait longer, obviously, than like Nash did, but he would have got his shot eventually. Because he was because he was a fan favorite, and he was like on the rise. So so when him and, and, and um and Nash left in '96, 
kind of like and left the company in the void, and then they were getting asses kicked weekly in the ratings. Yep. So yep. I mean, that's I mean, what I thought. Yeah, I mean, and that roster was like really thin back then too for for WWF. Um, so yeah, I, de- I definitely think there would have been a place for Razor at the top of that card. Um, like, like, like I said before, I'm not sure if if, um, if Nash and Hall remain in WWE that Triple H would have got a push like he did. I really, I really, I'm really not sure. I don't really, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the Triple H. I think a lot of uh, the outside the ring circumstances. Um, led to him having that as a, as a successful career as he did, um, and he he was essentially the only person to get punished um, from for, because of the curtain call. Uh, yeah, because because um, I believe Shawn Michaels was, was champion, so they couldn't do anything, and then yep. Nash and Hall a dip, so he was he was just left. <laughs> he was left. Yeah, he had to. He really had to um, eat shit, for lack of a better term, for. A few years until until eventually uh, he uh, became WWF champion. But I think Hall would have fit in perfectly in the Attitude Era, and in a lot of ways, the Attitude Era happened because of uh, the NWO, and it was WWF's response to how that how that uh, angle in WCW caught fire. Oh, absolutely. Because um, I mean they were they were facing termination out of the business, so they had no choice. They had to evolve with the times, and you know around that time it was like the counterculture going on with like Howard Stern, a lot of outlandish things. So they they was like, listen, let, let's take it to another level, um, and created the Attitude Era. This is why I always tell people when they ask me who's better, D Generation X or NWO, I go with NWO just for the simple fact that NWO there would be no D Generation X. I say it's better. But DX was executed better. But I think NWO was better just because they were the first to do it. I agree. I agree with you. I mean, I, I think that NWO, they had, they had the better aesthetics. Um, if you look at, like, talent for talent, like, uh, they were more talented than DX. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think NWO does, does have uh, – um, advantage over DX in terms of, of what's better. Yeah, but like you said, like they they made it, they got too ridiculous. Everybody was in, it, and I get it. They were, I guess they're trying to like make it like it's their own organization, their own company. But I'm like, come on, this is too much, though. You got you gotta have a cap. Up. You gotta have a cap at some point. Wait, <laughs> it, was it was crazy. So let me yeah, ask you a question too. Uh, so uh, do you do you um, watch those videos on YouTube from what culture? I do. Yeah. So I seen when I, when when Scott was on life support, there was a video up there talking about his career, and um, what did they say? They asked, um, "Is he?" Oh, I guess they were answering questions from Twitter, and somebody asked, "Is he the best non-world champion of all time?" And I'm like, mm, "That's tough. Is he the best? I don't know. Now, is he the most? Is he the most? Is he the most technical? Absolutely not. But if you take the whole package." Like his work on the mic and on the camera, you gotta you can make a case for him. I wonder what your thoughts on that. I mean, I think he's he's top five. Like off the, off the top of my head, I look at someone like uh, you know the British Bulldog, never won a title. Owen Hart, 
uh, never won a world title. Uh, I guess um, Piper, Piper may have won WCW, but he never won a WWF title. Uh, Jake the Snake, there's just a lot of, um, uh, you know, wrestlers who never really, and Mr. Perfect, yeah, there's so many wrestlers that never reached that peak. I would say that Scott Hall, Scott Hall was up there um, in terms of, like, star power, someone that's never won a world title, for sure. No, definitely star power, because as much as, as much as he's, like, he was always loved by wrestling fans, like, true hardcore fans, he gets loved, he gets loved like he's been a champion several times, a world champion, like, five-time world champion. He gets that type of love. I don't think that anybody else that we mentioned gets love like that, like he did, like, even when he was alive. No, I totally agree. Um, I think I think he just transcended. He transcended wrestling in a way of like, you know, he's someone that's cool. Like, you know, if you have if you have friends over, and this happens to me every once in a while. It's like, you have a friend over, you're watching wrestling, and they're like, "What the hell is this?" You know, like it's kind of like you're you're embarrassed. But you know, with NWO, Scott Hall, Razor, it's like you can you can show somebody his old promos. You can show someone his old matches. And even if they're a non-wrestling fan, I think they're going to see, like, the authenticity of Scott Hall um, and his, char- his character work and, um, you know, like, like be, be drawn into that. Um, I think, yeah, no, he, he was just really, really beloved. He was very, very beloved. Um, and he had a lot of, of course, he had a lot of demons. Um, alcoholism like, and stuff. Hey, like we all do. I think we all got some problems, big or small. We all, we all got them. But for the most part, he did. He, he did beat that. It was good to see that. Because I, 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 didn't, I didn't know about that until that e, he had an E60 special. I'm like, wow. Like I, I really didn't know his life was like that. That's that's crazy. But obviously, I seen him like try, trying to get his life together. I believe Diamond Dallas Page was was very influential in helping him out, and even Jake Snake. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's dope. I mean, you could argue that DDP helped extend Scott Hall's life for, like, you know, a good decade. Yeah, very um, true. And that's what makes it sad is, like, you know, he was he was clean or working towards sobriety at the time of his passing. And, you know, for him to be gone because of uh, a procedure going bad, like, it was very, it was very, very tragic. Yeah, man. Yeah. It was crazy, man. You can see all the emotions pouring up in the wrestling community, wrestlers of the past, wrestlers of the, wrestlers of the um, present. This mm-hmm. is crazy. So I, I haven't really seen a, like this type of outpour going in a long time for a wrestler. Because we know, I mean, we, we, we are in the wrestling community. We're used to wrestlers passing away. A lot of them far too early. We, we, we see this a lot. So it's like we're kind of numb to it. But this one just hits really, really, really different. But but I'm happy that he got his flowers. You know, got inducted twice into the WWE Hall of Fame as exactly. a solo actor. Then last year at the NWO, so I'm happy he got all the flowers. And, you know, I, I see that he was out here. My man's um uh went to go see him in Scott Hall. I think it was last year at, in Saugus for a signing. So that was dope. I, I, I see him was doing that a lot. So it's good to see him getting up, that he got all the flowers before he passed away. I mean, he deserved it. He was, he was a living legend. Fact, you know, and. I- his influence is going to be felt for for generations, and I think for the the younger people, they need to go back uh, 
watch some of his matches, watch his promos, um, compared to what you see right now, so the current product, and it was, just, it was a level above, for sure. Facts. Most swag, most swag in the business. Probably only Flick and Rivalin. Eh, well, 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 well the, rock, the Rock, too, I would say. I, I rock, the rock, the rock in that yeah. conversation. Those three guys right there, it's just, there's, there's something about them, like, they, like, their charisma just, like, sticks up to you, like, instantly. And it makes you, like, gravitate towards them and their character, so. And it's cross-cultural, too. I think no matter where you're from, it's like, yeah, Razor Ramon is that dude, you know? Like, he just connected with so many different kinds of people. Facts. White, black, Hispanic, uh, people of the younger generation. Right. Uh, well, I mean, our generation certainly and generations before. I, I, I don't know how tapped in Gen Z is to him, but I, I, but I would know if they really sit back, like you said, and, and watch his old promos and watch his matches, they, they'd be like, yo, he's a cool-ass guy. <laughs> right, exactly. Fact. Um, do you have a favorite Razor Ramon match? Well, I'm guessing you're going to say WrestleMania 10, because I, I would say um, the same thing, too. <laughs> But actually, I'm going to say... Or rather, a favorite uh, moment, or moment match. Uh, so my favorite moment was when he wrestled 1-2-3-Kid on Raw. Um, and put him over. Put over the kid and, you know, made him a star. Um, that, that, at the time, like, watching, watching Raw, like, oh, like, this one, two, three kids a jobber. Of course, he's gonna lose. And then he, I think he rolled up Razor or something like that. Like, and for that win, that was just an amazing moment. And even though Scott Hall was on the losing end of that, um, he he came out. He came out. Um, uh, well, he made he put over the kid big time. But then he also transitioned into a baby face. And I think that was my favorite moment. Yeah, I forgot about that moment with the one, two, three kid when he rolled him up. <laughs> and then he was just shocked and everything and heated. <laughs> and one, two, three kid left the ring. I was out of there. I mean, it's got hard got dope moments. I like, like I said, WrestleMania 10. One of my, I think one of the best WrestleManias, top to bottom, from the card standpoint. Um, and that match, just like you, like you said, we talked about it earlier, that, that match was an instant classic. Um, it laid the foundation for what we've seen going forward with, like, the Hardy Boys, Edge and Christian, and the Dudley Boys. Like, we, we would have none of those classic ladder matches or TLC matches if it was not the Scott Hall, uh, rather, Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels and what they did at Madison Square Garden at WrestleMania 10. So, I got to go at that moment. Uh, Why, well, right, man, I, I don't want to take up too much of your time. Uh, we can wrap it up right here. I appreciate it. All right, no problem. Thank you so much. I'm glad we were able to talk about his life and his legacy. Oh, no problem. You take, have a good rest of your day. All right, you too, bro. And that is it for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you for your continued support. Um, And if you're new to this podcast, welcome. And I hope you'll stick around uh, for the journey. Uh, If you haven't already, be sure to hit that subscribe button as the Mr. Vincent podcast is available on every streaming platform, which includes Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Uh, You can also keep up with me as well. Uh, on social media, Instagram and Twitter at MrVincent13 and you can also like my Facebook fan page as well, uh, Manuel Vincent Uh, well so that's pretty much it, thank you to Anchor again also as well and guys, enjoy Wrestlemania it should be be okay Uh, well, let's hope for the best 
All right. Till next time. Take care.